So welcome, welcome, welcome to another epic episode of My Orgasmic Life. Mm. <laughs> and today we are going to talk about intimacy. And I have the most amazing co-host and I'm going to let him tell you all about himself in a moment. Let me tell you about me a little bit. So I'm Guy Morissette, if you haven't met me yet, and I'm a holistic sexual wellness specialist, a BDSM wellness specialist, and a high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics. And I make the world a sexier, happier, and hornier place for us all. <laughs> all right. Okay. Daniel, tell us all about you. Cool. Well, uh, uh, you, you already said I'm amazing, so uh, there's nothing I can say more. Uh, now, let's see. What can I say? Uh, it's, um, it's a beautiful full moon and um, a very fitting one for what we are up to. Um, I am psyched to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I live on Maui, Hawaii. I've been a uh, teacher and coach for almost 30 years now. Um, and I specifically help uh, spiritual entrepreneurs to create um, expansion and success in their lives and in their businesses. And very often, it's in the relationship and the congruency between those two. Um, and um, intimacy is such a cool topic. So I'm totally freaked out and scared by it. So thank you for prompting that. <laughs> You're totally welcome. Like this morning when I was like, oh, I was putting together the show notes of like, what should we talk about? And, you know, I looked through your, you know, things, topics that you talk about and you had mentioned the intimacy was in there. And I was like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Let's pick that topic. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So it's beautiful. So let's talk about that. So like, why did, when I say intimacy, why did that? Why did that cause that reaction within yourself? Well, you know, I mean, I guess if it, the fundamental reason is me, like every other human being, there's a part of me that's afraid that I'm not okay and not good enough and I won't be loved. And if into me you see, pardon the new agey cliche of it, it's still still true. If into me you see, then you might see something that I don't like or accept or feel good about in myself and oh no you won't love me and I'll know that I'm no good and it's all over ah! you know fantastic thanks for the thanks for the realness in that for me this morning was the reason that that conversation of intimacy I was like why I've spent all day asking myself this question like I do so much work in the realm of intimacy and, and creating intimacy and, you know, helping people lean into intimacy. And I'm like, why am I uncomfortable about this topic? And I'm like having this conversation with you today. And I'm like, and all day long, I'm like, what the fuck's up, what's up with that? Right. And I dropped into it. And what, what I came, the answer I came to was it's about trust. It's about being like trusting and in line with, I think, very much what you were talking about, I won't be loved, but I think it's the trusting of I'm going to share in order for me to be have intimacy, there's vulnerability. And I'm going to share who I really am with no mass, it real, it raw. And then there's this vulnerability that puts me out there for hurt or rejection or pain or all these things. So that was what came to me from for me today was like, oh. Well, we totally need to lean into that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Nicely said. And, and I think, you know, 
in relationship um, philosophy and counseling, there's often the talk about <clears throat> how relating is um, can could be broken down into these little tiny micro moments of bids for connection. I think it's um, John Gottman talks uses that language, and like you know, so on some level, when we're hanging out, any of us are hanging out. If I toss this little thing over there. Um, you know, whether it's a joke or a comment or whatever it is, do I trust that you're going to receive it or that you're going to toss it back? Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. It's um, and it's also the other side, though, is right. It's where I mean, what's coming to me is that's what's most exciting and important in life. So that balance of here's what I want most. And then the fear of like, Oh, but you know, what if I can't trust her? But then even last thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll turn the mic back. Uh, but even really that comes down to, do we trust ourselves? Right? Like, am I okay? Even if, even if Gaia doesn't laugh at my joke, even if it was funny, you no, know, even if, um, <laughs> you know, even if, uh, I'm really funny. I don't care. <laughs> <What you say>. <laughs> <laughs> friend of mine said to me once, you know, Daniel, just because I didn't laugh at your joke doesn't mean I didn't understand it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, thank you. So, I'm curious though, what, um, will you say more about trust and, and what, what does that mean for you and why is it scary? Um, I think, you know, part of that, I love the piece that you brought into the, ultimately it's the trusting in ourselves, right? It's that, that piece of trusting that, can I handle it? Whatever it is, right? Can I, can I handle, because there's the piece of the rejection space, right? But then there's also the piece of like, what if they really like you? <laughs> Right, like there's that other part too. Like there's that the other side of the spectrum of there's the what if they don't like you and I'm you know I'm risking and I'm being vulnerable and I'm showing up as I who truly am. But then there's like what if they really really like me and then am I responsible for that? Like what do I do with that? Like what do I do? I do I what if I don't particularly like them as much as they like me? Like there's a whole piece of that like what is the responsibility and the feeling of obligation that goes along with that level of, of intimacy, right? Of that vulnerability and showing up and being truly who you are. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think I avoided the, con the answer <laughs> of the question that you asked me. <laughs> well, let's just, let's I mean, just I think it was, beautiful download that I just gave you, but I don't think I answered the question. You just yeah. Well, and, and, and please, you know, if you're going to avoid my question and take the conversation to a deeper level, more advanced then please dismiss that crap I was talking about, you know? So, I mean, we, then you're going into like, what's the responsibility? What's the obligation? Um, you know, this is, this is, beyond flirting and titillation now this is we're talking about some uh emotional maturity divine masculine and feminine whoa i know i know <laughs> which is good which is good but i think that um i do actually want to answer that question about the trust oh. piece right because i think that that's important not just for for me to answer that but for everybody who might be listening is that 
that trusting in ourselves that I can handle. That was, I had gone, that's where I was going with that is that ability to trust in who we are and that no matter what happens, I can handle it. And when, when I can lean into that, then it doesn't really matter all of those pieces, the fear, the, the things that stop us, all that kind of stuff, because no matter what the outcome is, I can handle it and dropping into that space constantly. I mean, for me, that's how I move through my stuff is that it's like, okay, right. Worst case scenario. All right. Well, I can handle that. You know, <laughs> the ultimate worst case scenario is I'm dead. Well, then it doesn't fucking matter anymore. I'm dead. <laughs> so let's, let's move forward. Yeah. I'm with you. It's such a great question to ask. I mean, and cause and it's often in the not asking them. I just went through this the other day. Like, wh- why am I hesitating, afraid, playing mental games, not saying what's going on, not saying what I want, not offering something? And it's that it's that un- unanswered, at least for me, and I think probably for a lot of us, it's like that that un unexamined question of what will happen if. And it's totally true. It's like, well, what will happen if they go, um, no, I think that's really weird. I can't believe you're saying that. Or like, or, or yes. Yeah. Either way. And, and then it's so liberating to be like, none of it really matters anyway. I mean, I mean, that's not, I mean, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it's yeah, more that I'm okay either way and better to know than not know anyway. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the different levels of intimacy. Okay. So what does that mean to you when I say that? Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to me is I think it's worth dispelling the myth that intimacy has a proportional relationship to time or duration of relationship, right? Mm. Um, Because I don't know about you but for me i i somehow inherited this conditioned belief that the longer i know someone or the more time i spend with them the deeper becomes our relationship the deeper becomes our intimacy you know and then i had that blown out of the water a long time ago when i'm like i've been with someone for five minutes less than five minutes and it's like whoa right like i feel seen and this person is is opening their heart, their energy to me. They're sharing stuff that's real that people I've known for years don't share. And wow, that feels good. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I avoided your question, but um, <laughs> it's, certainly it's not about time. Different levels of intimacy. Um, yeah, I mean... All right, well, this takes it to a um, bizarre point, but I remember hearing once that, that a definition for love is when we are comfortable with other people's body fluids. Right? <laughs> right, you just got to let that sink in for a minute. Not literally, not literally, but just let that concept sink in for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. I think for me, there's like, well, I guess we need to define 
what intimacy is because we keep talking about it like maybe we should have a definition so this is what my definition is is that how much you see someone or you allow another to see who you are the good the bad the ugly the bodily fluids right the the places that you hold uh sacred that you protect those protected spaces those masks that we have on. So I, I feel like the deeper the level of intimacy is based on how the level of vulnerability of true showing up in that experience. And that can be sexual, non-sexual, that could be in any capacity, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I like what you said. Um, I'll I'll reflect it perhaps with some different words and I think this may say the same thing or pretty close so you can tell me and just to add a little to the body fluid comment um part of what i love about that um you know because of course i heard this when i and um can and, you say that again there was a little bit of a okay, tech okay. issue yeah so uh, that comment about the body fluid stuff, I heard um, the first time when I was younger, and the first thing I thought of was, oh, that's about sexuality. Um, and then as, as I sat with it a little bit more, I realized like, oh, no, you know what? It's about being with a baby vomiting with you. It's like emptying your grandfather's catheter or bedpan or something. It's like, it's, it's you know, because, and on what is a body fluid? Really, it's like it's something from the inside that's coming out. So, I mean, to me, what intimacy is like, like you said, are we going to, are we, to what degree are we willing to drop these barriers, psychological, emotional, physical, and ultimately spiritual? And, you know, if we go to a deeper level, like, can we actually merge in some way and not be separate anymore so the ultimate intimacy right must be um you know these terms get so woo woo and sort of overused but can we become one can it get to unity can there feel like there's no separation between us and ultimately that's the most juicy satisfying thing of all saith i Oh, was that similar to what you said? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting as you were talking about the oneness component. It's funny because so much of the work that I do is talking about the co-creation instead of immersion. Right. And so I just wanted to take a moment to just kind of clarify that when, we, when you're talking about being connected in the oneness of that we're all, it's not about you losing yourself and your, your who you are and your, your, you know, a complete separate being that somebody else is coming in to complete you. You're talking about us connecting all as like we are connected with everything. Is that just for clarification purpose? Is that what you were talking about? Well, I think there are, there are layers to that and, um, you know, there's sort of like the ultimate answer and then the um, where we are now. And then, um, I mean, if this makes sense, I think part of what you're saying is understandably and um, for good reason, a lot of folks 
um, could hear something like that and be like, whoa, and especially a lot of women, like, I don't want to, you know, I've lost myself before I've lost myself in this relationship. And oftentimes that comes with a, you know, a negative feeling like I, I lost my way or I became overrun or dominated by someone else. Um, in a, not in a pleasurable way. Um, and, um, and that's, that can lead to a lot of pain and trauma and is not a healthy dynamic in on the human level of relationships. So maybe that's the distinction I'm looking for is on the human level. Yeah, absolutely. We've got egos for a reason and it's important to have a healthy concept of self to get by in this 3d world. And Um, yeah, on, on another level, on a spiritual level, I do mean like lose ourself. Like, I mean, one of my prayers every day is, um, what can I let go of Daniel? How much more of Daniel can I let go of in order to be the fullness of the divine or the universe? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, you know, and sometimes I share that and people get a little freaked out, but no, don't let go, you know, and, and they, that sounds like, like that, like I'm saying there's something wrong and I'm saying, no, it's just that there's more and the vastness is what's so alluring and appealing because it's our destiny. It's our nature. All right. I'm going way out there. I'll stop. Yeah, so intimacy, back to intimacy. So what would you say can facilitate sexual intimacy? Where does that live? And how is sexual intimacy? What can what how is sexual intimacy differ from friendship intimacy? Well, there's a whole nother level of vulnerability, certainly. Um so another level of risk and risk carries the potential of reward. Um, you know, on a biological human level and emotional and conditioned way, we got, you know, we tend to have a lot of worries and anxieties and fears about sexuality and what it means. And, you know, but then on a, on a physical, biological, if we're talking about sexuality, it's like, well, it's going another layer into this physical being. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I guess we could say a lot on that, I'm sure. Um, I, I love, though, that you asked uh, at the start of that about what facilitates sexual intimacy. And um, immediately for me, what comes to mind, to heart, is eyes and breath um and you know when i think back about the ignoramus that i was when i first entered this the world of sexuality um with others like i was i I didn't know anything about eyes you know like i i was conditioned i believed that the thing to do was turn the lights out you know, and then breathe really fast and hard. And it's like, oh man, there's like, those are the two of the fastest ways to get out of intimacy. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? What, what's your sense of it? I, those are great questions. 
I love the eye components because it's interesting that when we take the time to, even in the act of sex, we, we can have sex and have zero intimacy. Or we can have incredible intimacy during sex, right? And or, or, or can I sort of interject? Um, yeah. I'm not much on interrupting usually, but um, uh, or we can have incredible intimacy with zero sex, right? Like I think it's important to toss that in there. Yeah. So often, you know, I, I still meet so many people that that think of intimacy and sex as being synonymous. Mm-hmm. Like, and I hear people say, "Oh, we were getting intimate." I'm like, you mean you're getting sexual? Um, <laughs> was the sexuality intimate? Or was it, were you just getting busy? Like what's, what's happening? Or did you stay up all night and talk and have no sexual experience, but yet you like bared your soul to each other? Absolutely, yeah. Like, and that's what, you know, that's, if we're, okay, we're rapping, racket, rapping, rapping on intimacy, the possibility you know, and this is what I aspire to is to have intimacy everywhere I go in all of my relationships, most of which are not going to be sexual. I mean, and even, all right, this is get weird out there. And I know I interrupted you, so I'm coming back to you, but <laughs> I want to have intimacy with inanimate objects, right? Mm. No, and okay, you know, back off any perverts out there. I'm not going there. I'm not talking about that stuff, but, um, but even, yeah. Okay. So we don't want to pervert shame. So, (laughs) so even if you are having, you know, intimacy and a sexual relationship with inanimate objects, it's all good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, well protected. Um, and I didn't, I didn't meant no judgment about it just to clarify where I was going um, yeah. <laughs> with it. So, okay, cool. Um, so I interrupted you though, please. Um, do you recall where you were? Oh yes, you were on um, intimacy, sexualized sexuality, intimacy, zero, zero, one. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when, you know, I know even on, I'm going to share, I'm going to share a little bit about in, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to, I'm going to have, we're going to, here you go. We're going to see some intimacy going on. Um, so when looking at a lover's eyes and facing a lover, um, there's a lot of this being present, completely present in that moment. And I know that I have lovers that I prefer doggy style positions just so that I don't actually have to have that eye connection intimacy because that's not the type of relationship I'm wanting to have with that person. There's like, there's a, a, a level of physical connection that I want, but I don't want that intimate level of connection. And so I won't actually, I'll make sure that the sexual positions I have are not facing eye contact, right? And um, so I think the eyes are a big piece, like that being able to see, see each other is a big piece of that intimacy. I think communication and asking and risking your desires um, are, is a huge piece that creates and facilitates sexual intimacy. Um, and that creates that vulnerability piece. Um, and I think allowing yourself to be orgasmic, like fully surrender, not control your orgasms, but in the, the, 
the surrendering of that pleasure where it allows you to take, it takes over you, that primal takes over you. It's like in that moment, allowing your lover to truly see that in you is huge facilitation of, of sexual intimacy. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Which on some level, I would guess, as you say it, what occurs to me is then what that's opening up is another level of vulnerability and intimacy with the divine, as in I'm not controlling life, life force, I'm allowing that to flow with me, through me, in me, become me. Yeah. Um, Rewind for a moment, though, because I'm really curious about something you said. I have immediately some of my own answers come to mind, and I'd rather hear from you, at least first. When what you're saying about having some lovers with whom you don't want that level of intimacy that would be facilitated or driven by eye contact, so you'll find positions that don't allow for that, what's... um, what's going on there or why why don't you want the intimacy and if you don't want the intimacy what do you want in the sexuality that um with those positionings does that make sense a couple yeah questions. yeah so so for me choosing for me i choose who i share that deep intimacy with it's like it's you know it's that priestess that divine that that's that magic co-creation of that magic all of those kind of things so for because of how i move as soon as i drop into that as you know the sex goddess that i am as soon as i drop into that sex realm and i have opened the gateway of that intimacy then we're talking about i'm creating universes with my vagina and i'm like magic's happening and all sorts of things so who I share that with is very different than the, the, say the human primal raw sex person. That's like, I'm horny. I want to feel your body. I want to be in the senses of things versus the magic and the energy of it. So that's for me where I differentiate in when I'm exploring sexually with partners. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that I mean, that makes good sense. And to me, that harkens back to what you were inviting earlier about responsibility and obligation. Um, you know, and this is something I, I don't know if debate's the right word, but I play with in my mind and experience. When I was younger, years ago, I had um, periods of my life that were intentionally non-monogamous and it was really a lot about it was a lot about exploring it was a lot about learning it was a lot about pleasure it was a lot about growth and and I was at that point in my life really willing to move forward as long as I had some kind of internal yes to it that where there was gen, gen, genuine love and respect um and then if there was that, then simply the movement of energy or pleasure was enough of a draw for me to say, yeah, let's let's move into that more. Whereas now in my life or in the last many years, I don't find myself with that same level of interest or openness. And at least the story I tell myself as to why 
is I feel a greater level of responsibility um, for what that can open up emotionally, spiritually. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I, I move from that non-ethical, non-monogamous space of like co-creating all sorts of different variable possibilities, like very much of in, in that space. And um, the level of which I play and the level of which I explore that pleasure and those possibilities and, and the, whether I'm co-creating magic or I'm manifesting within myself or how I'm moving with that varies depending on who's coming into my life and who's coming with me in my life. <laughs> it, um, Total side note, though, um, I don't get a chance to talk about it very often. Did you ever see that movie, Hedwig and the Angry Inch? No, I've never oh. seen that movie. I don't think I have either, though. I saw a clip from it once, and um, it's one, it one of my favorite little movie scenes. I'm a movie buff, and there's a picture of um, a scene where this these two people, I don't, I'm not really quite sure of the genders, actually, um, and they're sitting on this huge pile of tires, and one of them, I think this is the character Hedwig, and for y'all that know the movie, I'm so sorry because I'm sure I'm screwing it up royally. Um, in my memory of seeing the scene, uh, the, the character says, when I think back about all the people that I've come upon in my life, I also think about all the people who've come upon me. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, enough, 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 enough of that. Um, yeah, I like what you said, though, um, there, and, and it's really, it's, I think, liberating for me personally as a reminder and for everybody that, I don't know, this is, this is not it, but that sexuality is just another tool, another movement, another form of energy, and it can be used ethically and responsibly for all kinds of different purposes, mm -hmm. you know? and that's really broadening just to have that reminder, so thanks. Mm -hmm. No problem, man. All yeah. right. So what are you called to share more about intimacy? What else is in that conversation that you feel? Well, I, I, the first thing that comes to me is like, I want to give a pep talk, you know, like <laughs> go out there, you can do it. Um, and, and, but, you know, more sincerely, it's like, right, if this conversation is, you know, going beyond you and I, the invitation, well, okay. So the invitation I make to others, which I simultaneously make to myself ongoing, and it's, you know, how much deeper can this go is, is what's, um, what's stopping intimacy and why? And, you know, one of the games I keep playing with myself is, can I be more of who I am, which sounds like complete contradiction to letting go of who I am from earlier. But, you know, can I be more of who I am showing up in this moment? Can I allow that out? Can I express that? Like that old um, quotation everybody's heard and repeated lots of times, it's attributed to Marianne Williamson or Nelson Mandela. You know, when you, when you liberate yourself, you automatically liberate others. And just there's so much beauty in that um, that, uh, that, 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 uh, 
process of ever allowing ourselves out more, and especially in the situations that we don't normally do it. Um, I, I have a group of trainees I'm working with right now, and I gave the assignment to them last week to um, have a elevator experience where they go into an elevator and the task is to, I didn't use these words, but the task is to create intimacy with everyone on the elevator without using any words, right? With just eye contact. And, um, you know, and that's like elevator alone is uncomfortable for most of us. So, you know, and then the standard way that we make connection and create intimacy is verbally. Um, so, you know, I personally, I just love that game of saying, how can we, how can I release more of my own inhibitions, be freer, which on some level is like, how can I love myself more and accept myself more? And if I can do, you know, even a tiny bit of that, well, I'm inviting more of the possibility for everybody. And then, wow. What a, what a world, right? Where we can all just be who we are and free. That sounds fun. I like it. <laughs> it sounds like a, play, a fun place to play in. Yeah. Um, so my question, I have a question about that. I love that exercise. So what would, what would be, how would you go about doing that? Let's see. How would you tell people to go about doing that? Yeah. Okay. So if we offer it as a game for everybody. Yeah. Um, we offer that for a game for everybody. Cause I think that's a fabulous game. I think that's a great way of like, let's stretch our intimacy muscles, right. Yeah, in, yeah. in, and let's express and move beyond and know that you're not going to die. If you, you know, make eye contact with somebody. Cause I think this is a big piece of that is like, you know, I mean, even with even the two of us, who are pretty comfortable, I would say, with our inner skins, when we were going to have this conversation, we had stuff come up individually for ourselves. So we all have that around intimacy on whatever level that we're talking about. So I think it's awesome. Let's, let's, let's get everybody out there exercising their, <laughs> their intimacy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's worth, it's worth noting amplifying what you said that um one there's nothing wrong with that it's it's hardwired biological the survival part of ourself screams at new situations and vulnerability um so it really does take courage and it's so worth it not only for the intimacy yet for what it teaches us on a deep level like hey i'm not dying actually by doing, which means I'm much bigger, stronger, cooler than I thought I was even a minute ago. You know, and we start stacking up those experiences and we get more and more comfortable in our skin and being ourselves, you know, and it's like on a spiritual biological level, we're teaching our nervous system with these kind of things. So, so what's worth to say about it is elevator is just an example. What it needs to be um, to make it work is a um, situation where there's a group of people, um, you know, four to eight is ideal and the space needs to be confined a little bit, right? Because what we do, right, as hu human nature is whatever the space is, you know, unless we're consciously doing something, like whatever the space is, we will, you know, 
fill it up and create a lot of distance, right? So when the space is confined in some way, not everybody has an elevator, right? Some of us live in the country. Um, so a place where there's a little, you know, a waiting room could work well. Um, you know, sometimes at a store or near the cashier or something, it's like it's a little crowded in there. And quite literally, it's like, one, my job, my task, my mission is to make contact with people, to create intimacy, to make a connection is maybe a simpler way to say it, to make a connection. And to do that, I'm going to do it by making eye contact. And I'm going to look at, you know, and that can be humorous, that can be challenging, it can be awkward, um, you know, it might mean like, you know, because a lot of people <laughs> will like steadfastly avoid the eye, eye contact. So if we make it really playful in a game for ourselves, like, I see you not, you know, in our head, we're like, I see you, you're avoiding my eyes, so I'm going to move over here, <laughs> over here, like, oh yeah, right, right, see me now, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, when, so finally the person's like, okay, I see you. But if we keep it light and playful, um, you know, I've never, I've never seen anybody be like, why are you looking at me? You know, and like freak out about it. You know, that's like, it's like, oh, okay. Um, and I get really positive responses from people from doing this exercise. One, because it's like, ooh, I feel nervous. And then overcoming that, like, wow, I feel like a champion. And then two, it's like, wow, hey, it opened up space and energy with these people and real connections. Yeah. I love it. I, I would add, add a smile. Add a smile when you're doing the eye contact because it's, that smile is a huge invite. Like that's a, it's a huge invite that's, it almost has a feeling of, I don't want anything. There's no expectation in it, right? Mm -hmm. When I add that smile to that space, then I'm just smiling and that gives the person an opportunity like, oh, you're smiling at me. Okay, I can smile back and we can like, we can make that eye contact if we smile and it doesn't have to be anything more than that moment. I think a lot of times we spend so much time in the avoiding of eye contact because we don't do, it's not the norm. So if somebody's wanting to make eye contact, are they trying to sell me something? Do they want something from me? Because that's usually been kind of in our societal experience. But when you add a smile, it just makes it easier. People are like, oh, hi. <laughs> They're like, you don't want anything from me. Okay, I can look at you. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great addition. And, and even if it's a subtle smile or even if it's an inner smile, just to have that feeling inside and the knowledge, I don't want anything. I want to I want to make a connection. And it's also worth uh, adding in, like, if it doesn't happen, if somebody avoids or, um, you know, rejects in some way from that, it's not about you who is inviting it. You know, it's like, oh, like, all right, you know, that's hard for that person or they got something going on or um, whatever it is there, you know, and it's okay for them to to avoid it, right? That's a little bit sad because that is what we all want and need and long for. And yeah, it's okay. And I love, and I love that piece that you added to, to it is that it's okay for somebody to not want to connect. Like it's, that's, that's, I think a, a really important piece of 
not only being that intimacy of open, I'm, I'm an open invitation, but an invitation means that the person can reject, not reject, deny or say no thank you to that invitation. It's not a demand. It's not an obligation. It's not an expectation. And so when we allow others around us and we give others permission to be like, it's okay that they don't want to come play. <laughs> they don't want to come out and play in that moment. That gives them and you give them that space to do so. It gives yourself permission to also not want to play sometimes and it's okay for you to say I don't want to play with other people and so it's yeah. like it, it gives this beautiful exchange and it's not it doesn't mean it has anything to do with you it doesn't mean it's a rejection of who you are yeah yeah well said and and the victory really isn't in the result the victory is in making the offer making the attempt because mm -hmm. that's that's saying yes to ourselves and that's saying yes to saying, I want, I want more love. I want more intimacy in my life. Um, and if they don't say yes to it, we've said yes to ourselves, and somebody else is coming. Mm -hmm. That's the law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. So how can they get more of you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here and I get easiest way of course is my website, danielaron.com. Um, there are a whole lot of A's in that, A-A-R-O-N. Um, and, and I'm on Facebook. Maybe we're on Facebook right now. I don't know. Um, I'm on Facebook also, Daniel Aaron. You can find me there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's probably, that's the easiest way. And um, I feel so, you know, it's funny. We were talking about eye contact and eye contact isn't the, isn't the intimacy. It's a great facilitator of it and what still blows me away how things have evolved with video conference technology video calls in the last years like that we can see someone and you know and we're not even really looking at each other's eyes like you know the camera's up here and the screen's over here yet because we feel like we are something in us opens and so you know, I'm here in Hawaii and 98% uh, of my students and clients are not. Um, and yet I feel so blessed to have like depth and intimacy with people all around the world. It's just such a cool time we live in. Oh, it is. It's so awesome. You know, like you're in Hawaii, I'm in, I'm in Ontario, Canada, right? And yet we're having this conversation about intimacy and being very intimate in this moment. You know, I feel very connected to you energetically, emotionally, spiritually in this moment with you. And we're on the other side of the world from each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. So what would you say? I feel like you need, there's, I feel like there's something else you need to say. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to oh. give you some space. Okay. You say whatever you want, whatever you get in this moment. Well, you know, it, it came to me a moment ago, comes back now is uh, I'm gonna ex I extend a further invitation um, opportunity for expansion or growth. Cause this is for this for me personally was one of the <clears throat> biggest openings I've experienced in the realm of intimacy and relates to what you said about communication, 
though and you know can be and what i'm going to say is it can be relate to sexuality or not um and it's the 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 value and the incredible benefit of talking about what's uncomfortable for us right and i grew up in a family where that was just not part of life right you know we could we could yell and scream at each other we could be sarcastic about things but we did not talk about what was real and for me as a, as a little boy it was so freaking confusing because I felt all of what was going on. I knew what was going on, but everybody was talking this other story over here. And I'm like, what gives here, man? And, um, you know, so it took a while for me to piece it together from different teachers and sources, the possibility of um, just saying something like, and I'll give, you know, sort of a model script that people can use, like, hey, right now I'm feeling a little uncomfortable or awkward and there's something that's going on, you know, it's inside me. I know it is in this, or the story I'm making up right now is, but Hey, you know, I value you. I value our relationship. I value peace and harmony more than I value this discomfort, this story or this judgment that's going on inside me right now. And even though I'm probably going to screw it up and say it really awkwardly, um, I just want to say this thing, like I've been, you know, I've been bothered by the fact that you've, you know, been coming home late the last few days or that you, you know, um, didn't tell me that you liked my shirt or, um, you know, whatever it is. Because um, if we relate with people sooner or later, we start to get um, our stuff come up and it often comes out in the form of a judgment or a criticism and then especially if we're, you know, in the new age therapeutic world, we're like, oh, no, I don't judge anybody. And, uh, you know, I can't admit that I have a judgment. <laughs> and so then it's just like festers there as a, um, like a withhold. And yeah. it blocks us. It keeps us away from each other. So, you know, I've over-dramatized it in my, you know, scripting of it. You don't have to be so goofy and awkward as I was about it. And there is some value in just, you know, because if we just kind of say, oh, well, I'm feeling goofy or awkward about this, what it usually does is other people go, oh, okay, hey, I can be with you with this, and, and then not take it personally. Um, and in yoga language, which was a tradition I grew up a lot in, you know, it's this combination of being loving and kind and caring, um, doing as little harm as possible, and on the other side, being honest and being real. And to me, that's like the greatest spiritual practice that we are so, I don't know, at least my experience, most of us were not trained in. And in fact, we're conditioned away from. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess thanks for the, uh, for the offer because it's something that I'm really passionate about because I see there's so much opportunity both for the inner freedom that comes from it as well as the improved relationships and greater intimacy there. And I love that. I mean, I spend a lot of time in that conversation, having that conversation with people about, you know, 
and especially in my world, because, you know, we're talking about sexuality and people are talking about their kinks and their fetishes and their deep, dark desires and all that kind of stuff. And, and how do I have that conversation with somebody without them freaking out and, and, and carrying shame and judgment and all this kind of stuff. And, and I always love, I always say, okay, if you start the conversation with one, I have something that's really hard for me to say. I feel really uncomfortable and you like own it, like touch your chest, right? Use I statements. This is key, right? I feel I have, right? Um, what that does is it, uh, it's like you are talking about it expands that space that that person can drop in with you, like fully drop in and be like, okay, I need to put the phone down. I need to pay attention in this moment. I need to not be reactive. So I'm gonna like, okay, I'm gonna like keep my my own human reactive filters programming under check for, for a second because my partner or this person who's important to me is like gonna tell me something that they're having a hard time saying it. And when we do that, it opens up that space. But that's how you can make things happen in a beautiful way. Now, this is what it looks like when we don't do that. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to like acknowledge this is what happens when we don't set up that preference. We say something really awkward, we blurt it out, and they're in the middle of heading to work, or they're in the middle of Facebooking, or they're in the middle of doing something, and they're like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. And they're not really paying attention because they didn't know that this was one of these really important moments. This was an important, vulnerable, risk, intimate, share moments. And so then you feel hurt and rejected because you weren't seen and your partner didn't see you in that moment. And then you react. So two things typically happen. There's an attack that happens. So we go outward or we go inward, and then we're like, see, no one wants to hear what I have to say. So I'm not going to talk about what's really going on with me. Because if they really cared, they would have paid attention in that moment. And that's the story that we're telling ourselves. So if you want to have these like deep, intimate, you want to be seen, vulnerable moments that brings this greater intimacy and connection and, and opening up and freedom and all the things that we talked about, then it's really important to preface those conversations and be honest about where you're at and set it up. S setting up the scene is, is key, is key, key, key to having success. Key, key, key. I'm with you. And, key, and, key. and you, you also brought, reminded me of the great point of just to ask, uh, say, Hey, something I want to share would now be a good time. Do you got a minute? You know, can I, you know, cause, cause it's fair enough. They're like, no, I'm Facebooking. I'm late for work, whatever. And like, well, cool. Could, could we do it later? When would be a good time? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Set yourself up for success. Exactly. So that's, that's beautiful. All right. I love this. This was great. Thank you. Likewise. Um, so everybody, if you want to get a hold of me, you want to play with me and spend more time with me, you can reach me at succulentliving.com. You can find me on all the social media platforms under Guy Morissette. And you can find uh, My Orgasmic Life on all your favorite podcast platforms all across 
every platform. Or you can come hang out with me on my website under my blog, um, where you can have the list where they're, they're the players right there for you. So until next time, go stare at people in a loving way, in an invite way, not in a creepy way. All right. <laughs> So that's it. That's all. Mwah. Thanks yeah, for hanging cool. out with us. Thank you.